1: Well, guess who is with me today on the show? My good friend, Christopher Cooley. Uh, he's going to do, I believe he's going to do some film breakdowns on a couple of the Washington Commanders draft choices. That's what he's promised. What do you have prepared for us today?
2: You believe I'm going to do some, some film Chris has really put together something that he would like to do for this podcast. He spent a lot of time uh, working on this, and I'm, I'm allowing him to come on the show. and do. <laughs> putting... right. No, and this was an assignment. I was given an assignment.
1: I, I did give you an assignment. And then you
2: called me yesterday, and then you said, did you do it? And I said, yes. And you said, no, you didn't. He
1: <laughs> said, yeah, I did. Yeah, but when you said, you did say... I did Jawan Dotson, and I did the quarterback, and I said Jawan. I, I
2: messed it up. I'm sorry, Jawan, Jawan Dotson.
1: Well, then I asked you. I said, "Okay," and you said, "No, no, no, whatever." What is number
2: cool. does he wear? And I said three, and then eight, which I was trying to get you to do the math to decide that he wears number five. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it was? <laughs> yeah, it was eight minus three.
1: Okay, so I was supposed to do a a subtraction exercise to. Uh, to come to the to come to the realization that you actually did know that Jahan Dotson were number five at Penn State.
2: All you needed to do was trust me. Right when I said yes, I did. I did what you asked, Coach.
1: Well, because you were a little bit, um, y- you were a little bit resistant to the assignment. Like I, I assigned you two players, thinking he'll do two players, and trust me. There are more assignments coming, or let me let me rephrase: There are more assignment requests coming um, on some of the drafted uh, players. But I did think that you know, a you would get um, some enjoyment, and maybe you did, or or maybe you didn't, out of watching the quarterback that they drafted because he was thought to be one of the best value picks of the entire draft. Um, He wasn't my favorite quarterback by a long shot. So I'm very curious to see what you think about him. Uh, And then Jahan Dotson was one of my favorite players going into the draft. So I'm interested to see what you think about him. But really, this is what people love you and I kind of bantering back and forth, which I do want to find out about this trip that you took. But really and truly, you know, when we get down to it, they're dying to hear what you think about some of these draft picks. And you've kind of been out of it. You haven't been really interested. You didn't even, you barely even knew the draft took place last weekend.
2: Well, that's actually untrue. I 100% knew the draft took place. I did not know what happened in that event until much later.
1: Can we talk about why? You know
2: what's so amazing, though? This is amazing to me. What? We can talk about anything you want, but what's amazing to me is really two years and I watched some college football last year probably more than I had in a while two
1: betting. years of
2: not being interested in the draft I did I knew like zero names in the first round the rest of the rounds obviously I knew even less names <laughs> negative one I, I didn't know it's so weird you're just out of it for a year and who who are these names? These are new players that will be playing in the NFL for the next 10 years.
1: But you did watch a lot of college football this year, because I know why you did. You were betting games this year out in Wyoming with I some of your friends. I
2: watched a college football, for, for two, yes, for two reasons. The other reason was that I was helping coach high school football. Right. And honestly, a lot of pro concepts don't relate the same way, or are not as easy to relate, as some of the college stuff.
1: Right, yeah.
2: So I watched a lot of it and, and paid attention to what, some, what I thought some good college offenses were doing.
1: That's true, isn't it, that the high school and college games are just so much more similar than either one is to the NFL?
2: Oh, very, very true. I mean, everything's done for most high school teams. Almost every, I, There's very few college teams that go under center, but for most high school teams, it's done. Um, A lot of it is zone read or RPO and some weird different concepts. I mean, it's it's beyond that because you can get further downfield in high school and college than the NFL with your offensive line. So there's some more drawn-out RPO concepts. And then a lot of the passing game is really like take a look at number one, maybe on – and it could be like a two-man concept, a high-low on your right side. And then there's a hookup on the left side. Like, it's not – very few of these teams have, like, full field read concepts or one, two, three, potentially to four check-down progression concepts. It doesn't exist. And it's nearly impossible, I think, with, with the high school quarterback to go through, okay, this coverage, net your one, two, to three, to check-down four with the time that you are able to spend with these guys. Do you know <clears> – <throat> So you give them a high-low, you give them a high-low read and a spot route from a receiver – that's what you get, or you give them a RPO, and you're working the one one decision. You're working the edge player, or you're working whatever it is. And that's it's. It, it, once you really start watching it, like I watched four or five North Carolina games. God, it's just like the most simplistic stuff of all time. They're okay. so simplified.
1: Well. And, you know, a lot of what they'll have to do at the pro level with, you know, reading more than just one side of the field and progressing, you don't see in college. You know, the North Carolina system was very much a true college system. I had, you know, I had the offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach, this guy Phil Longo, on the radio show yesterday. He was really good, um, uh, by the way, for those of you that haven't listened to him. Uh, But he he really emphasized that – while Sam Howe played in a college system, he thinks the quick release and the arm strength and the ability to process quickly will allow him to adapt to an NFL system. Now we'll find out what you think here in a moment, but I don't want to lose this one thought because as you were talking about it, you know, I don't I know that there's such a significant difference between high school and college football and then NFL football in terms of the way it's played. I don't think that the disparity between the two is anywhere near as great as it is between high school and college basketball and the NBA. The NBA is a completely different game. It's it, And it's not just because of the skill level and the athleticism and the maturity, the physical maturity, and just sort of the overpowering physical nature of so many players. The 24-second shot clock, for starters, makes it – a little bit different in terms of, you know, the fact that you can play zone in the NBA now, not true zone because there's, you know, a defensive um, three second uh, violation, but you just, the way they attack defenses in the NBA is all about getting your best players the ball in the right matchup. Whereas in high school and in college, not all the time because a lot of, of teams, you know try to play an NBA style game but there's more people involved in an offense you know in the NBA typically in a, in a half court set it's like let's get the the player that we want to have the ball to create a play in a pick and roll or a pick and you know against a switching def- defense in a pick and roll where he's going to get the matchup and then just everybody get out of his uh, get out of his way and watch him operate. Whereas in high school and college you have five man offenses, you have set plays with you know three to four players touching the ball in a possession. You also have more time to do it, but it's just a completely different game. Completely different. I, I've talked to so many coaches over the years, in recent years in particular, that just say if they had to make the jump from college to pro, it'd be a massive jump. It's much more um, – it's it's a lot less coaching, actually, in many ways, and a lot more player and personality management.
2: I think that's true. You know, like, as you're saying that, what I think is interesting, if you, you talk about college to pro being different. Funny thing is is it's different in the opposite way in football. It's sped way up. It's exactly like you described one-on-one player getting the ball trying to get plays simplified, go fast, I mean really fast. To where in football it slows way down in the NFL.
1: Right, there's more complexity. I mean there's it's more
2: com- the, It's the opposite. It, 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 it speeds yeah. up in the NBA and they're just taking shots and they're playing fast and it's rolling. That's like college football. Yeah, yeah. The NFL slows way down, so it's, it changes in the opposite fashion.
1: Yes, and you would agree because you've said this before that the innovation in football actually happens at the high school and college level, not at the NFL level.
2: Yeah, and, and that's, I think that's really true, and, it, and it's, I think in, in part too some like some of the innovation in college and in high school. It just doesn't work because you're attacking. You're attacking lack of responsibility, lack of eye placement. You're attacking athletes who are not as good on the field at the same time that get away with a lot of things. And you, so you can try a lot more things because a lot of them it could be misblocked, misran, but they the defense or the other side of the ball can mess it up just the same. So you get away with a lot of this stuff in the NFL. You, you come up with some things. That are unsound, and that's what I think a lot of a lot of college football is, and high school as well. It's unsound, and they're like, "Well, we know it's unsound, but watch, it'll work." Like, oh, "Okay, that doesn't work. That unsound in the run game in the NFL is second and thirteen. Right. <laughs> more times than not. So before so, we, yeah, there is more innovation there, but yeah, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, I just, I think people enjoy some of what you've been doing in your life uh, out in Wyoming, and you had a very interesting trip that you just got back from, which actually happened during the NFL draft, which is why you didn't know anything about the draft until you got back, Um, but just tell everybody the trip you were on last week.
2: It's called the Smith River. And it's a north-flowing river in Montana, which is actually pretty cool. It goes from a little town just outside of White Sulphur Springs to Great Falls, Montana. It's a 60-mile raft trip. It took us all of five days and really four cold-ass nights. And it was, it was amazing, man. The water was low. And normally, it's pretty busy, I guess, on that river. You have to draw a permit. Again, it's hard to get a permit. We got one. My friend did. It's hard to get a permit. You draw a permit, and then you float. And we're the only people on the entire river. Like, the only people. No cell service, no nothing. For 35 miles, you're in this canyon. You just find these camp- like, have these campgrounds, and you just kind of, you're like, okay, we want to make it to this campground tonight. It's 14 miles. You just row. It would have been more fishing, but the river was low, so we rode a lot. Oh, you know, the other thing I thought was, I don't know why I was bringing this up, but open air latrines at every campground. <laughs> campground, there's just a toilet sitting out in the middle of a field.
1: <laughs> just in the middle of a field?
2: But I mean, yeah, or wherever, wherever they could. With what they with mean. what? A lot of it was like really canyony.
1: Okay, but there's no like well and septic, right? There's just. No, no. It's, yeah.
2: uh, it's like an outhouse. Yeah,
1: it's an outhouse
2: but but there's just no house.
1: How many people went on this trip? Four. And you did mention Four to people, me... Four people, two rafts. Four people, two rafts, and you did mention that a couple of the people that went weren't experienced rafters or fisher- fishermen. This was for a bachelor party. This was a bachelor yeah. outing for your friend that's getting married.
2: Yeah, and we said, like, we could be going to Las Vegas for this party and doing this <laughs> a month later and getting away with this.
1: <laughs> right. Now, I when you told me about the stretches of the river, we'll get to the weather here in a moment. The stretches of the river that were so low that you couldn't raft, you couldn't float. you had to get out and pull the raft in some cases miles. That had to be the biggest bitch of the whole trip.
2: Yeah, we didn't pull it miles. you just are in and out. we were in and out a lot. Right. And, uh, yeah, the whole, like, a lot of it was a bitch as far as the guy rowing. Because it's not just, like, it's not just that you slowly run into where it's low. Like, you're constantly trying to maneuver to get to, like, water. where rocks aren't. Yeah. Yeah, you're following the water the entire time. Or if it was up three inches, you're just floating trying to stay where you want to fish. Yeah, I mean. This... But, I mean, I float a lot. My friend is a fishing guy. Yeah. And he floats almost every day in the summer, so like we're talking about really and, and they're nice fishing rafts. But yeah, I mean, the guy in the front, the first two days was out every 100 yards, having to drag it about 10 feet in another direction. How much did it was, you? It was, it was pretty tough, man. It was pretty tough.
1: The, and you were gone six days. This was a six-day, 60-mile trip. On a river that you had a permit for that no one wells, no one else is on. And by the way, if you you know Google the Smith River in in Montana, I mean the pictures are gorgeous. Um, the the goal was to get to Great Falls, Montana, right, which was the the end part of this trip. You, you mentioned that to me, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, just 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 pretty close to Great Falls, and that like that runs into the Missouri River there, which then immediately turns and runs south. Where that this river runs north it's it freaked me out the whole time i'm like how are we floating north
1: <laughs> right whenever but then you it hear... turns
2: and runs back out so this river runs north and turns and runs back out the gulf of mexico <laughs> the, <laughs> the water mis- the actual water the,
1: in, the mis- in the missouri yeah so um so you so i mean i know that this was going to be a trip with plenty of alcohol consumed given that you were in the middle of nowhere how much alcohol did you pack and what type did you pack
3: Well, we were
2: morons for not packing anything but beer because, obviously, that weighs down the raft. Right. We thought we were going to be able like, there was just no available liquor to purchase at the town we were in. And we waited too long for that. You know, the other reason we took a little bit longer getting up there, this is the craziest thing I've ever had happen, one of them. I've had a lot, actually. We're an hour and a half into this drive, and I have a trailer, 22 foot trailer, got four tires on it, four wheels, four tires. We get out, and a uh, wheel and tire is missing, sheared off in the lugs. You ever seen that happen? No. No.
3: <laughs>
1: no. I
2: just decided it was like a three legged dog, and we kept going. <laughs>
1: you, you did? You didn't fix it?
2: You can't fix that. I don't. I, I mean, I think if I jack it up, take the inside of the wheel well apart, like the, the actual—it's not just the tire's gone. Like it sheared off all the lugs.
1: Okay. So you
2: know where you screw the lug nuts? Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I know what you're talking tire. about. So those bolts are all sheared off right at the edge of where the tire would go. So off. how
1: did? So why didn't the tire kind of fall apart?
2: No idea. We got no idea where the tire went. What happened to the tire? It must have just went shooting off at one point. No one saw it. We never found it.
1: How much beer did you bring back to the beer thing? you Because you, you certainly could have was, had much... a 150. 150 beers? beers?
2: We knew one guy wasn't going to drink very much.
1: So you brought like six... Just somewhere around six cases. What did you...
2: What did you like, yeah, well, like... Brought all kinds of different beers.
1: Okay, so you you didn't, that that had to, that that was a lot of weight on the two rafts. What else did you bring? It
2: didn't make, honestly, it didn't make any difference, though, amazingly. So we brought food with, like, dinner for six nights.
1: Like, what did you bring?
2: Or five nights. What did you pack? One night we had steak nachos. One night we had tacos. One night we had bratwurst. One there's actually a guy in the middle of the river. He's got it's the only place that got service for a little bit. It's called Heaven on Earth. So is this the Chin guy? He's like got a B and and B, and he's got a little place to like a little bar and a, a tiny little store that you access via the river. I mean, he's got a road to his place, but we get we pull up. There's like a dog sitting on the bank waiting for us. We get out. There's a baby cow that's like a dog hanging out. And this guy like comes out. It's like a Happy Gilmore's dream. He comes to except I guess in the summertime he hires like twenty three year old girls. <laughs> they walk out with these yellow mugs full of this gin drink. <laughs> yeah. It's called a deep creek.
1: A deep a deep crick with with some gin in it. And we
2: just we decided, yeah, well, he said, I watched him make the second one. He just takes a bottle of gin, plastic bottle, turns it upside down, and squeezes it as hard as he can into the pitcher. <laughs> yeah. So he said it was a special recipe, but, I mean, come on. Yeah. So you, we, we all decided. We'd been drink- it was like 4 o'clock we got there. We'd been drinking beer for a while, no one beaten. We decided, you take a drink out of the, the first drink out of your third Deep Creek, the first sip, and you're staying in his B&B.
1: <laughs> you just, there's nowhere
2: you, else for you to go right you are <laughs> like it was it was so funny because one of our friends didn't drink much so he was fine he recalled though the entire night for us
1: he did he right. he but, he recounted it the next morning of exactly what happened after the third gin drink
2: the three out of the four of us it, and I mean I was coherent the entire time the three out of the four of us about an hour in we probably it was literally like we were all drugged at the exact same time. You could just see, like, <laughs> see ya, buddy. We had to get in the rafts to move them down. Uh, broke a fly rod somehow. Don't know how that was broke in the morning. Friend fell in the river. The actual fishing friend fell all the way in. One of one of the three of us didn't remember that we moved the rafts.
3: <laughs>
2: so that night we had to stay. he made us a steak dinner.
1: No, he did make you steak so, dinner, but considering and, and how so much then, you were paying, yeah, but then he, he should've then he does
2: this whole thing. He's like, Well you know like we should have what he does is he gives you these gin drinks and then he's like it's I don't know why everyone doesn't stay here. This is heaven on earth. It's amazing. <laughs> so we were all we woke up we're like, shoot, what do you think it's gonna cost? <laughs> I don't know. We're talking about a breakfast, he's like, I don't know why everyone doesn't do it. Two hundred and eighty bucks. It's like that's not bad for a two-bedroom house with the bedroom with d- beds in the living room. It's not. It's two eighty a person.
1: Two eighty a person. We done
2: with. It. He's like, okay, let me do the math here on this one. Two eighty times four.
1: It still he doesn't. Learned,
2: dude, it was fun. I didn't. It wasn't. It doesn't seem like that. He, like I,
1: he didn't gouge you though. But but you said he led you to believe that it was two hundred eighty bucks in total when it was actually. You know, he
2: really didn't lead anybody on that okay. much. He just kind of omitted everything. All
1: right. Were the steaks good that he cooked to you?
2: Terrific. He butchers his own cows. Everything huh. was good. I, I, I don't really remember what it tastes like, but I, we ate it all.
1: Were the girls that brought down yes, the gin sorry. drinks, were they pleasant?
2: No, no girls yet. No girls yet.
1: Oh, I thought you said no. the girls brought orally, the gin orally, dr- drinks orally. down. 20.
2: I guess I, what what we were told later is in the summertime.
1: Oh, this, got it. When they're
2: more, yeah. so he like show. We were the only trip down the river. Right. So he he's like shows up when at the place when someone's coming.
1: I gotcha. So tell everybody. So we like, I was
2: like, what happens if we just float by this place? And he's he's like, ah, dang it. dogs and cow and gin drinks can't get them this time. <laughs>
1: it would be more convenient if one of the low areas of the river with just a lot of rocks was right in front of his place where it's like, Oh fuck, let's just get out and hang out here for a little while. Um, so tell everybody about just how blanking cold it was at nighttime and, 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 and and how you were prepared for it.
2: (laughs) So I think a lot, well, I think first of all, a lot of people here are more used to some of that like the hunting camps and stuff they'll go and they're used to it so i got a sleeping bag like a zero degree sleeping bag but the first night was down to like 22 biggest mistake i made i just grabbed a yoga pad out of my garage i was on the way out at four in the morning the first day like this would be fine for a sleeping bag well the heat transfer through the ground or the cool cold transfer up Fuck! I was so cold at two in the morning the first night. (laughs) My coat on, two pairs of pants. I'm in a zero degree bag, just freezing. Like, please, please be morning. Oh my god.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you should have brought one Um, of those inflatable, you know, mattresses, right? Is that what the other guys brought?
2: Inflatable one would have been perfect. Yeah, that's what the other guys brought.
1: Yeah. I mean, you must have been sore too, sleeping straight on the ground on a yoga pad. Forget the fact that you were freezing. Um, what By about the
2: end of the trip? Both my sides hurt.
1: What, did you guys have like a roaring fire every night? That must have been um, th- that that had to be priority number one when you found where you were going to camp.
2: We all, almost every night we had a pretty good fire. Okay. Um, amazingly, like, and this is different in the summertime. You, mm-hmm. Like, in one morning, I got up at five. We went to bed at about eleven, and the fire is still so hot at eleven. You couldn't even feel any warmth trying to light that fire the next day. There wasn't an ember left so cold.
1: Oh my god. What about the fishing?
2: Fishing was good. We caught a lot of fish. We would have caught more fish if we'd have fished more. But we got caught rowing more than fishing.
1: What was the biggest fish caught?
2: Twenty inches. It's not known it's not like I guess you can catch big trout in that river, but it's not renowned for big trout. Rainbow renowned for more trout, rainbow brown's whitefish, but it's renowned for the views the canyon and the multiple fish or the the extent of which you catch fish
1: so you're always catching fish when you when, when that fly hits the I water mean,
2: it slowed down, it slowed down the third no, not like that, I've had better fishing.
1: Fishing's really... really
2: just the adventure, man. It's really just, the, the thing is, is it's the adventure. Well, he, they, we would have caught more fish, but the two guys we were with aren't fly fishermen. Right. So, And they're not They're not good at rowing. They got much better. I mean, it's not, like, you wouldn't be good at rowing my raft when you got out here the first two times. Right. And there's a there's a skill to rowing a raft so somebody can fish up the front of it where you're constantly turning them where they want to cast. Hmm and out of, the, out of the spot where the fish are. But if you're not used to rowing, you're just trying to find the most water, so you're essentially rowing through all the fish every time.
1: So when this trip ended in Great Falls, did, did you, because you told me, you didn't shower, you didn't, weren't able to, you know, you basically were in the same clothes for six days. So when you got to Great Falls, did you do a quick hotel room thing, or did you just go home?
2: I did put on a clean shirt. I actually brought clothes. It just wasn't easy. Worth chance. like it wasn't like I really ever broke a sweat. I wore a coat almost the entire time. It wasn't hot. I wasn't that dirty.
1: How uncomfortable was it to go to the bathroom when you had to go to the bathroom in 22 degree weather in an out in an outdoor latrine?
2: Pretty uncomfortable.
1: Yeah oh my god
2: not how, that bad though
1: how good did it feel to get home and, and take a shower
2: like the best thing of, of all time So felt I mean, amazing it's so funny because that's a long time to be i know away from civilization
1: it's it's kind of cool though. I think that I would actually. I don't think six days, but given how remote you were on a river that doesn't get fished, that doesn't get rafted, that you you know that that well,
2: it does. It does in the summer though. Okay, but it, I think that I think it, there's forty rafts on it at any given time once the water's
1: up. What about bears?
2: Yeah, first day bear walking up the other side. And we're in the low, we're in the way low water. It's right on the bank. Sucker just keeps walking straight at me.
1: Black bear? I'm like, what are we? We're grizzly.
2: there's a black bear. We we had this weird debate that night because it was a really apparently, it's a really blonde black bear. Okay. I'm not that far out of Yellowstone Park, man. Like the bears could get, like there could have been a grizzly there.
1: Did you have so a gun? Was, Did you have it it a got gun? To
2: like ten yards. So yes.
1: Yeah, you you have to bring a gun a ten, on a trip. I
2: got a ten mil. You've yeah, got to bring million, a gun on a
1: trip like that, right? You have to.
2: I don't think you have to. I think I think you could bring bear spray.
1: Okay. So what happened? Tell us about the bear encounter.
2: It just kept walking closer and closer to us. And it was like the other raft was behind us for like half a mile. So it was me and this dude, Wade. He's like, what are, what are we going to do? I'm like, well, I'm going to pull the raft back to the other side of the river. I'm going to slowly get this gun out of my dry bag. And then I'm going to yell at the bear. Like, I'm a dope. Like, I'm like get out of here, bear. <laughs> hey, bear. So it gets closer. It doesn't, doesn't react to me yelling. It gets to about 10 yards on the other side of the river. And it must have smelled us or something. Then it just darted. Oh, it did. It just turned so, uh, My other buddy who finally gets there about one minute later, he's like, why'd you yell at the bear? I wanted to see it. I'm like, That's, that bear was getting close to me, man.
1: <laughs> did you get the gun out?
2: I don't care if you... Yeah, I had the gun out.
1: Okay. Um, And was Can it... Can you a...
2: imagine? Like, what do you do? What do you do? Like, throw it on the raft?
1: What do you mean, throw it... it? Well, I mean... I shoot
2: the bear and be like, I guess we take it.
1: Well, what, what what what's the requirement if you shoot a bear in self defense?
2: Would leave, I think you would leave the bear. Yeah. How are you going to get? I think the... that you, you're not. You can't take the bear if it's not bear season. Then you report it when you get done. God, different world out there, man. Different world. But you know, like you get in big trouble for shooting a bear. Like, like like you'd have to say, like the bear charged me. Like, that's what's crazy. Is you got to wait for the bear to ch- actually charge you to shoot it.
1: Well, what's the what are you supposed to do when a when a bear is approaching you? What is the proper protocol? What what's the safety thing to do? I don't know.
2: Well, I had a gun drawn on it. Yeah, but I think you, but a lot of times here, like especially the grizzly bears, they're sneaky, man. Like, there's been three or four dudes in the mountains in the last year here that have gotten mauled by grizzly bears. Died. There's a lot of grizzly bears here now. Um, one did. A couple didn't. One dude was mauled real bad. on his horse and rode back instead of waiting for the helicopter. It's tough.
1: Uh, you you aren't. I, I. But do you know what you're supposed to do? Aren't you supposed to stay calm and not like oh, make? Okay. And the
2: the, the, the well, I think you. I think like you, I think you yell at a bear. It's fine. Like you want, they're scared of you. You just make a little racket if it's getting closer. You're not. Yeah, it wasn't on me. Like, I'm not going to play dead. I'm just going to shoot it if it like. They're fast. Bears run Bears are like 35 miles an hour.
1: I know. Yeah, I knew that. Now, are you supposed was, to play it was, it was dead at any point? Are you it. supposed to play dead at any point or not?
2: Did you know? like I'm going to do dad things to you right now where my kids ask me questions and I tell them answers. I don't really know if I answer that question
1: <laughs> I'm interested i've seen so, yeah. you know I've seen black bears. to lay
2: still i think you're you're supposed to not become its play play thing
1: mm-hmm. Here, I just pulled something up. Bear attacks are rare. Most bears are only interested in protecting food, cubs, or their space. However, being mentally prepared can help you have the most effective reaction. Every situation is different, but below are guidelines on how brown bear attacks can differ from black bear attacks. So it's brown slash grizzly bears. If you are attacked by a grizzly bear, leave your pack on, I guess it's your backpack, and play dead. Lay flat on your... going yeah, because sp-
2: you're going you're gonna to have the... Time to take a backpack off, I'm yeah. sure. Like, here comes a bear, let me like, take the backpack
1: off. Um, lay flat on your stomach with your hands clasped behind your neck. Spread your legs to make it harder for the bear to turn you over. Remain still until the bear leaves. Fighting back usually increases the intensity of such attacks. However, if the, ta- the attack persists, fight back vigorously use whatever you have at hand to hit the bear in the face that's with grizzly bears for a black bear if you are attacked by a black bear do not play dead try to escape to a secure place such as a car or a building well yeah that'd be nice if escape is that not po- work for me. <laughs> if escape is not possible try to fight back using any object available concentrate your kicks and blows on the bear's face and muzzle if any bear attacks you in your tent or stalks you and then attacks, in capital bold letters, do not play do not play dead, fight back. <laughs>
2: if it stalks you. I like first of all, let's get back to the grizzly bear attack. Play dead unless the attack persists. So I play dead and this eight hundred bear eight hundred pound bear keeps attacking me. Then I decide now I'm going to fight back. Like I'm not already mauled to death.
1: I know. Did you ever see the movie? Um, Alec Baldwin was in it. Um, uh, Anthony Hopkins was in it, and I'm forgetting the name of it now. But they were stalked by a grizzly bear. Um, it's it's a it's a movie that's I, every I bit of 20 think. years old. Uh, that w- that's a, it's a really good movie. Oh, here it is: The Edge. It's called The Edge. 1997. Wow, that's a long time ago. I think I did. El but... McPherson's in it. Um, okay, uh, you want to do some film breakdowns of two of the drafted players, Ju- Juwan Dotson and Sam Howell? We'll do that right after these words from a few of our sponsors.
3: and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech?
1: All right, we have a Cooley film breakdown. Uh, He's going to do Sam Howell, and he's going to do Jahan Dotson. Uh, He wants to do Sam Howell first. I know you watched a bunch of Carolina games. Uh, Let's get to it. Go ahead. What do you think of Sam Howell? Fifth round.
2: My notebook was open to Sam Howell.
1: Okay, let's do
2: it. He's 6'1", says 225. He looked short. Like, I didn't look up his height and weight before I started watching him, right? We'll get to comps, I think, at the end. One of the biggest concerns, because he was supposed to be the best quarterback in this class after the 2020 season. Right. One of the biggest concerns was, like, he regressed throughout the year. And in that fashion, he in particular doesn't necessarily remind me of Josh Allen. But in the fashion that he went from junior year... Being the best quarterback in the draft to regressing, Which, they were not good last year on offense.
1: When you say regressing, there, there, you're, is, you're saying the the evaluation from from you know in mock drafters, you know he went from you know yeah, consensus number no one or close to it to you know uh, a wide range going into this draft. But go ahead.
2: To is this guy? guy's not playing as well as he did. Completion percentage is down. Interceptions up. Sacks up. Like yeah, regressed. Okay. He didn't regress. Their, their offensive line took a lot of losses. Right. A lot of immediate losses in the interior offensive line, like left guard, center, right guard. A lot of just, better run, buddy. You better get out of here. They also, and I know you talked to their offensive coordinator, They they run a ton, a ton of RPO. Right. And they consistently throughout the year ran RPO where when he chooses the P, there is no answer for edge pressure. Like, he's just going to get hit. It's crazy. Like, you've got to have an answer of some sort. Um, when the quarterback's going to throw the ball in RPO, he, he can't get a hit. He can't get hit. This is this where another thing where college and pro is very different. So if the run's going to the right on the RPO, the NFL, the backside tackle will still block out to the left to ensure the defensive end can't just wax the quarterback. Right. In college, it's a full commit. And even at times, they'll pull that offensive guard and offensive tackle completely to the run, leaving the backside end entirely free. There was a couple, like he played Notre Dame. If they, if they had it down. They're like If he pulls this, you just drill him in the back.
1: I thought he was great he in took that a game. Long.
2: I thought he was great in that game, too. I thought he made a couple big-time throws in that game. But I mean, as far as regression, like, he had a ton of drops this year. One, he had a ton of drops. Two, he took a ton of hits. I mean, yes, he does take some unnecessary sacks, but took a ton of hits that you're like, I don't know if this dude needs to be taking these hits. It's got to be a better way to protect him. Or, you got guys getting beat up front right now. Three, some of the picks is like a couple of them. I think one I'm thinking of in the Notre Dame game on a back shoulder fade you like receiver please attack the ball it's a ball, like you're, you're getting a 50 50 ball in a back shoulder fade NFL stuff that's that's an open throw that's a catch like he, the receiver is not losing like, separate at the last second and get the ball
1: so, but lot- don't
2: let the defender get through to it
1: he had a lot of NFL players in 2020. He had Deami Brown, you know, who's was in Washington. He had Javante Williams and Michael Carter, the two NFL backs. He had a better offensive line. It was less talent around him in 2021 than in 2020. Just so right. you, you know that. yeah.
2: Which is where that kind of reminds me of the back to the Josh Allen thing. And Josh Allen, senior year, he was running for his life against teams like Utah State. He's making all these crazy off-script, off-platform throws, running around for his life, and everyone's like, "Couldn't he throw the ball from the pocket?" Like, maybe, but not for Wyoming and t- whatever year he played there as a senior, because <laughs> right. that's not available. And and to some extent, like how some of it's like, yeah, you'd like him to take a different look or something else, but that wasn't available. Like, there's a bear attack coming from the center. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> you got to fight back. You got to fight back. Can't lay <laughs> down and play dead. There's,
2: Docking him, yeah, you can't play dead. All right, so here's what I saw: of pros talking about the hits, some of the stuff. He's he's damn tough. Yeah, he takes hits a lot, and he the other thing he runs the ball a lot and takes hits. Yeah, he knows how to slide. Like there's there's multiple there's multiple times where he slides, and that and for me, knowing the quarterback's going to stay up and take a hit in college, trying to get a first down for your team your senior year? I love that. Like He knew when he was trying to get a first down, and he knew when he was trying to play. He's smart. Now, that said, there is unless it's third and really important in the NFL, we're not taking that shot. He's going to have to get down every time. But I don't see that as something that he'll have a problem with doing. Um, I think he works the pocket fairly well. I think he can move in the pocket, can manipulate the pocket space at times, does a very good job climbing the pocket, and really when he's going to run, does a great job of climbing the pocket to then escape the A or B gaps in the center of the pocket instead of having to turn around backwards and do the Robert Griffin thing. Right. To me, he manipulates pocket space really well. Um, Throw the good deep ball. I really do think he throws a catchable, consistent deep ball. I, I, I was impressed. Like I don't think he's got this cannon arm, but he can get the ball down the field. He can throw the ball sixty yards. I don't see that as any problem. I think mean, he's got a pretty good release, quick release. Um, to me, there are times when he can anticipate really well, uh, especially to his right. Like you'll see him last year make a lot of throws to his right side, where that receiver's still coming out of the break. Which I which I love. I love seeing the guy being able to anticipate throws. Uh, he's creative. He creates well. I think as he goes through progressions, which I don't think there was a lot in North Carolina, at North Carolina, he's capable of taking a look at the left side of the field, sliding in the pocket, and then moving to the right and making a throw. I think my, my opinion on not knowing exactly what they're running is it's one to two. Like, it's not one, two on one side to three, four. It's, it's, it's one to two for him, which is fine. Um,
1: one to two and then check down is run.
2: Yeah, one to two and then three is, is, is run, yes. Or a lot of times it's one to, you better run. Right. Uh, as, And when he is a runner, he, he actually has the ability to make guys miss. Like, he's got some shiftiness to him, he's got some speed to him. I didn't look up what he ran a 40 in, but he's. Not slow. Like four seven something.
1: What do you think? He uh, ran a forty. I'll see if if he ran a forty. 40. I'll, I'll look it up.
2: Four sixes, four sevens is what he looks like. He plays at something like that. Highest um, four eight would be. So let's get to what I think are some of the 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 disadvantages of his game. So one, let's just talk like a couple things offensively that are different that he won't have in the NFL. First of all, he's not going to have as much RPO. And they operate so heavily in RPO that it he does not have a full game plan palette. He just hasn't done it. He hasn't seen it. He has I'm sure his play calls are all super short. He's going to have a huge learning curve. doesn't mean that he's not capable of getting there, but it will be a huge learning curve to NFL offense from what he ran at North Carolina. Two, this is interesting. A lot of college quarterbacks do this. A lot of high school quarterbacks do this. They backpedal their drop out of gun. It's, it's a weird thing to me. I don't know if I like it. Instead of just that crossover step, right. kind of karaoke quarterback step, it's a straight backpedal. One thing I don't like about that is at times when he's thrown, like, an eight-yard hitch or a stop, he doesn't just plant and throw. You're like, you don't have to still backpedal a guy. Like, just turn and throw. We actually went through that with our my quarterback, or the quarterback at our high school a lot this year. It was like, six yard hitch and he still wants to take three steps. They're like, no, catch and throw. When you were forever and ever in football, when we were throwing a hitch, it was off of three steps. You're already three steps deep in the gun. You don't have to go any deeper. So he's always in this back pedal. Um I think he's got super happy feet. Like he's bouncy. His levels changing. He's bouncy. He's always on his toes. He has he keeps a fairly good base, so I'm not overly concerned about it. But I think some of his accuracy things, and I think he's, he's okay with accuracy, but, like, not great. And I think it's technique with his base. Like, he's always bouncing. You can see him up, down, up, down, bounce, bounce, bounce. So he's always throwing with almost an off-platform throw every throw. Like he's never just throwing a step-drive throw. And that's what I think is hurting in some of his drive, like his ability to drive the ball. And I think it's hurting in his ball placement. Like you don't see him throw a ton of balls to a receiver hit him on the, in stride on the run unless it's down the field vertically.
1: Unless it's, um, unless it's a deep shot.
2: Yeah, some of the deeper shots are fine, but a lot of the intermediate shots are not – and I'm not saying like he's wildly inaccurate, but it's on a back hip instead of on the front hip. You know, it's on the knees and, or it's above the head instead of in the chest. He's off a little bit but Got I him. think and if you watch him play you can see this he's he's bouncing around like a lot back there uh, so that that's something I would work on immediately is just getting him to stay in his base like stop hopping to me it's almost like a like a receiver who jumps every time they catch the ball like you, you don't need to jump there right it was not over your head right. just run to the ball and catch it and and that like when receiver when receivers do that it, it it essentially means they're going to drop more balls. He just, he's, always, he's always bouncing. Um, he, uh, he'll throw a lot of 50 50 balls, which I don't hate. Right. But sometimes, and in, in some of these are like 50 50, I mean, one on one coverage, right? You're not just throwing it up for, for grab. It's not 500. It's a 50 50 ball. And they'll throw it and give guys a chance when they're not necessarily open. Now, and maybe some of this came from last year, which I didn't watch last year. A lot of. Any. Um, came from guys making plays on those balls. But some of them, you're like, you got to know the guy. And you got to know the guy covering the guy. Because there's a couple picks where you're watching it going, that's, I mean, that's really, it's not on you, but you probably should have went somewhere else with the ball there. It's almost Grossman like. Like, screw it.
3: <laughs> right. Instead,
2: you get a 50-50 ball, take it, I'll take it. Well, In some ways, and he is a risk taker. Like, he throws he throws some balls into some spots. Where you're like, dang, I mean, I know that there was, there was something there. It's not a guess, but maybe there was something elsewhere. It's almost Rex-like.
1: Some of those are kind of moonballish too. You know, like to what Taylor yeah. Heineke threw in Atlanta, you know, this year, where he just kind of threw it up for grabs, and McLaurin ended up coming down with it, you know, off his back foot on first and ten, which was not great decision-making. But, but yeah, go ahead. I, I, I'm following and, and all And I this.
2: think even, even to some extent, there's just so much wasted movement in the pocket that a lot of times, like that little tenth of a second when he's jumped, like he's bounced, he's still got to wait till he hits his back foot to then drive and throw. He's also, especially to his left, he all, like he takes an extra hitch and he pats the ball an extra time to throw a route that should not take an extra hitch or the ball should not be patted. Like you can't be back there patting the ball. If you're going to throw it in a timing route, it's catch, set your back foot and drive. So he's just got a lot of extra movement in the pocket is essentially what I'm getting to. That's, that's as easy as it gets described that a couple times. Uh, there are times and I don't feel like I can say anything because I don't play quarterback there, but his eyes will take him down in the pocket where he'll see the rush. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what to say how you don't do that as much as he was getting rushed, though. Uh, so to me, ultimately, like, really on the good side, like he plays with a ton of confidence, plays with a ton of courage. I think he's a smart player. I think he's got a good release, good arm. On the downside, I think he's operated in an incredibly limited offense. I think his size will hinder him in the NFL. I don't think you're going to get the run ability like he does in college. I think he'll be able to run some, but I don't think that he's going to be breaking off dynamic 12, 13-yard runs to get first downs as often as he did at North Carolina. So he's going to end up seeing a lot more third and eighth that he's going to have to make a throw with a three-man progression that he hasn't seen. Um. I think that fifth round is probably a great pick for him, in so much that I don't see him as a starter for at least a couple years, and then ultimately, like I saw a lot of comps scrolling through to Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I definitely see some Baker Mayfield in him, no doubt. I see Baker. Um, I see Heineke. Like I really see, a, like he's a lot like Heineke in my opinion.
1: With a bigger I arm. I think
2: there's some... With a, a, a bigger arm, for sure. I see some early Grossman in him, like, knowing and watching Rex. I, I see some... Like, this dude's out there slinging it. Like, uh, I like that he played to win last year. Like, he played a little hero ball, and he played with confidence. And I, I think at times there were some questions, and at times there's some, some awesome to him. Uh, I... I just don't know if his high end is ever in the top fifteen quarterbacks in the league. I, I actually, I think I do know that it's not. Like, it, you know, the other guy similarities. I saw a a little bit of like Drew Lock in him. Well, you, I like Drew Lock.
1: You like Drew Lock.
2: So, so I think your best case is as a starter, just a guy. Okay. Um. I but I I like I like him. I think he'd be fun guy to play with. He seems I I didn't watch any interviews or anything. I just I don't think he's special. And I think probably some of it that hurts him is being six foot and maybe not quite the accuracy that that you want from a quarterback. And maybe they go hand in hand.
1: There is definitely some Heineke and Mayfield, you know, kind of combination of of being, you know, a bit of a gamer and a baller and not being afraid. And the big difference, obviously, with Heineke is he can make all of the throws. You agree with that, right?
2: Yeah, I think he. I think he has the ability to throw all three levels.
1: And and Heineke really didn't.
2: No, I, I don't think Heineke had. I think Heineke was the first two levels.
1: So um, his offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach um, said, and it, I could tell how important this seemed to him. First of all, he said that this is just, you know, this is a, the, the easiest guy in the world to coach. Uh, he is uh, competitive. He's a baller. Teammates love him. So all of that stuff. You know, if you take the quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator at his word, um, you know, hopefully is not a worry. And I think this was an emphasis really in the draft, was drafting guys that uh, A other than Hal were ready to play and B were low maintenance in terms of coachability. Um, the other thing he said, and he really kind of wanted, I think, to make this point, is that even though they ran a ton of RPO and very much, you know, kind of a college system, he thinks because he processes quickly and he's got a very quick release that he would be able to adapt to most systems and almost any system, he said, in the NFL. Do you agree with that?
2: No. I don't mean that it, he I don't think that you have that comp. What, what you... I'm not saying that he can't. I'm, uh, okay, I agree that he could. Am I just going to sit here and tell you, like, because the guy said he's smart that he will? Yeah. No, there's a ton of processing that he has not done yet. And so it's an unknown entity in how fast his processing actually is. The other thing
1: he said
2: – I don't see him as like uber, uber fast. When he's working one side to the other, like I don't see it as immediate. I, better than a lot of guys. I will give him that.
1: He did, yeah. uh, he did run pretty quickly on a lot of plays at least this past season. You know, if it was one, two and run or one and run, um, he didn't pass on the opportunity to run. And he is, uh, you know, he's he's a tough runner. You know, one of the things he said to me too, this guy, Phil Longo, he said he's a straight line runner. And to me, that's a negative. And maybe he was trying to say it in a way that's very positive that he gets north and south. You know he doesn't, and I think that's really what he was saying. But when I think of North yeah. South, I think too much of RG three without the the vision, no, he's and I not that. and I, he's not that. I agree. Okay, I I think that he's no, got. I,
2: I'm sure that he meant. I'm sure that he meant he's going to leave the pocket North South, but then Wiggles create like he's got good wiggle to him.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think he's he's got some of that in him as well. Um, all right, what else on him? So the bottom line is. You don't see future top half of the league starter. He needs a couple of years. You know, in your opinion, he's just a guy. Uh do you think he's better than Heineke right now, where he would emerge through training camp as the backup quarterback? Ron Rivera said yesterday, we've got our top two. He's really trying to downplay the selection of Hal so that people don't make a big deal out of it. Of course, they will if Wentz starts out one and five and doesn't play well. But nobody believes that uh, you know anybody but Wentz is going to be the starting quarterback. They're paying him twenty eight point three million a year, so that's obvious. But you know, one of the things we haven't talked about in a while is your you know. You're lo- you really are a Wentz guy. Maybe not recently, but you were always a Wentz guy. But real quickly, answer the question: Do you think that Hal could become the backup in front of Heineke? They're going to keep all three. I think we know that, no. right?
2: No, you think he's the third. I think this is actually a. Re- I think this is actually a really easy process. You, you're going you're to have to dress three, but I think that you try to do. Every- <laughs> no, Carson Wentz. You want to make Sam Hal the backup? i like, no, you you are committed to winning this season with Wentz, and that's your best opportunity to win. So no, Wentz is the starter, Heineke's the backup. And and in that, Heineke isn't a drop-off to any game plan you have throughout the week, but play the game where Wentz gets hurt, and this, this could be even earlier in the year. Like, if you're not... Balling as a team, I think Howell's not the three anymore. I think he just becomes the starter. Right. Like, I don't see a big reason to start Heineke unless you're actually got a shot to make a playoff push and you really believe that's the only way. Like, as soon as Wentz is done, no, Howell's probably not the three. He's probably the one.
1: But you think Wentz has a chance to have a good season, don't you?
2: So, I like Carson Wentz as a player. I thought, especially in those first couple of years, there are some things he did that, and everyone saw it. And he's a problem for for defenses. He can do everything. I don't know Carson Wentz, and everything you have heard about Carson over the last couple of years is for sure true. I and mean, I think one of the most telling things was that Frank Reich apologized to the Colts for vouching for Wentz, and they got rid of him in a year. That's in they, sure, they they can say that they're going out trying to get easy, coachable players in the draft, and that's what. Well, that's not wins,
1: right? Not, it hasn't been. That 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 is a contradiction, Ron. You know, really, and he's told Ju- Julie Donaldson this yesterday. You know, they want players that you know fit into their culture, fit into their system, that you know are ready to play. And clearly, they you know they're looking for guys who are mature and low maintenance. And yet, the quarterback that they traded for has had major problems in his last two organizations as a guy that was has been called uncoachable at times and not the best of leaders. Now maybe that'll change this year. But he is much better than anything they did since Kirk. I think that you know talent-wise that's
2: 100% true. No, and I, I maybe it'll change some this year, but you know it's always going to revert back to the mean. <laughs>
1: All right, let's get to. So
2: you have a choice. You have a choice to make if he has an exceptional year, which is to just essentially let him dictate more than you want him to dictate. All
1: right, let's get to Jahan Dotson right after these words from a few of our sponsors. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Doesn't cost you a thing. Rate us and review us, especially on Apple and Spotify. Many of the Apple reviews Cooley always mention more Cooley. Um, one of the uh, recent reviews we got uh, just said, please can Cooley at least do Sam Hal? Well, we did. We just did Sam Hal, but we're going to do more than that because Cooley's got his film breakdown right now of their first pick, number 16 overall, you do realize they traded back from 11 to 16, picked up a third and a fourth rounder, and selected Dotson at 16 overall. Most of the mocks had him going a little bit later. Some had second round. Um, What do you think of Jahan Dotson?
2: So the first thing that's like incredibly apparent is speed. And what I loved about Jahan Dotson the most is I, w- I watched a highlight, a game, another highlight, and said, well, he's, he's a 4-3 guy. And it wasn't like when he ran, what do you run, 4-4-3? Uh, something
1: like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, exactly. 4-4-3. He
2: plays at all of that. Like he wasn't this guy that I was surprised all of a sudden at the combine ran a 4-4. Right. He's a 4-4. He plays at that. That's awesome. Like a lot of guys that will break, like, all of a sudden come out and run that 4-3 or 4-4, four, four, you're like, oh, their draft stock just went way up. Like, No, every scout that watched him went, he, he's a 4-4 four, 4-3 four, four, guy, no doubt. He is blazing fast. He can dictate coverage, and that's something that Washington has had since Deshaun Jackson. And, and I, think he'll, I think with his ball skills, and we'll get to that, I think that he'll be capable of dictating coverage this year. And I think he'll have an impact this season, like in a big way, because of how he runs routes and his absolute real time game speed. He's fast. Uh, what I like, though, as much as being fast, is he also has this really great ability to tempo routes. And I've really worked hard on. Trying to teach that in young players, and trying to trying to explain that to people, is that you don't always have to be running 100%. Like you can actually get from 60% to 100% a lot faster if you tempo the first part of the route. Like he's got different gears, right? Like he can go from first gear to second gear to third. Right. And that I couldn't do that. I I wish I would have worked on it more. Where you, you can slow play something and then. Come out of a break at full speed. He does that really, really well. I think he's a guy that I think he's a pretty savvy route runner. Actually, like I think he's he's a guy that you can you can get a lot of double moves with too. Because the other thing is that he goes from first gear to third gear like like that. Like he, he's an am- it's not a build up speed guy. He's a burst guy. Like he's he's twitchy, quick twitch guy. Yeah. Uh, ball skills are amazing. Yeah, I think his ability to like when you say in football go like, oh, go go climb the ladder like he go up he'll go up and get a ball he's another guy like he, he's also a guy like you throw a 50 50 ball too he's coming down with it like, more time, it's not just that he's going he's not gonna get the let the other guy he's gonna get the ball uh and and I love that because the way he plays with that is like, you can see how competitive he is like, I, I guarantee you if you talk to him about it and you talk to him about getting the ball. He talks about how bad he wants it. Like, you can just see he wants the ball. He gets in the air. He does not care if he's going to get hit. He does not care where the defender is. He sees only the ball, and he has an exceptional ability to adjust his body and go get it in the air or in any position. He's, really, he's a really good athlete. Like, he's got great hips. He's got good hands. He's got top-end speed, but he's got quick-twitch speed. Like, all that's awesome. He's, he's smooth like I think he's very smooth. To me, he's a, he's a smart football player as well. Um but like and here's the other thing like compared to Josh Dotson <laughs> Dotson. Yeah. He he can operate in the slot, he can operate outside at X. He can run a slant, he can run a dig, he can run a go. Like he He's the full package as a receiver. He's not let's put him out there and and throw a fade to him kind of guy. Like he can do everything you want him to do. And I think they'll like that because he's also a guy that I'm sure you can run some reverses with. You can do some stuff out of the backfield with with him. But to me, he's a really smart player. He's really competitive, but he's he's more importantly, he's he's versatile. Uh the the negatives I see really like I think he's jammed a little too easily. Like, there are times when he, and he's a little, right? Like, what does he weigh, 180 pounds? He looks little. Yeah. And he's not, and he's like maybe 5'11". He's a little dude. Size size is an issue to some extent, but is size an issue for Tariq Hill. <laughs> <laughs> is size is an issue for Deshaun Jackson. Are you, can- Moss?
1: Are you comparing him to Tariq Hill?
2: I, to me, it's more like Deshaun. Yeah. I, or 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 Santana like I I the way he goes and gets the ball like it made me think of the 05 season when Santana had all those deep balls and all like he's Santana like and he's also great with the ball in his hands after the catch and he can run away from the defense like he's a, like Odell like you throw him a ball on a slant and one guy misses and it's it's a house call
1: yeah yeah he's a blazer
2: i, I mean Other than some of the routes that come to immediate stops, where I think he's taking some extra steps, I think think that's one of the negatives as a route runner is is he's got a few chop, few extra chops in his route. I I think he's, I think he's pretty ready to play. Like this to me is a first-round receiver. I think this is a good pick for them. I think it was good to trade back, knowing you were going to get him, and then. In no way do I think they reach for him. Uh, I think that that was a good place to take this kid. I think he will
1: be a good player. You said that he'll dictate coverage, and they haven't had anybody like that since Deshaun. Do you, do you, you don't think Terry McLaurin dictates coverage?
2: No. Okay, let me put it to you this way. I think Terry McLaurin can win against anybody. But I still think people think they can t- cover Terry with one dude. Like he he doesn't see he doesn't scare people to death to beat you for sixty or to beat you for fifty. When you play when you're playing Terry McLaurin, you're like, okay, he's not Cooper Cupp. Is like I don't know. They're actually, they're fairly similar. Like this guy, he's probably gonna have twelve twelve touches. Can we limit those twelve touches to 130 yards? Like I think what we're talking about with the draft pick is more like four touches, 130 yards. Like, I think this guy's more of a Dotson, more of like a 18 yard reception kind of guy.
1: Right. Which was Deshaun. Um, and then
2: allows Terry McLaurin to do his thing.
1: I mean, Terry can run by you. Obviously he's got, you know, he's got four, three, nine speed,
2: but Terry's not as fluid. As a route runner. Okay. I'm, trust, I'm not dogging him in any way. Like, I know who Terry is. Terry would be. I would take Terry right now knowing he, who he is over John Dotson. But that doesn't mean things wouldn't change any. Like, I love who like, Terry McLaurin is the epitome of a football player. Like, Scott McLaurin would call him a football player. McLuhan. McLuhan. McLuhan would watch two minutes. See, oh, he's a football player. Uh, but Dotson is, too. Dotson's a, it's a good yin and yang. I think you need that. We talked about this with the Rams. As yeah. soon as they get Odell, look at what Cooper Cup's going to do. As soon as that fits, like, now look what Cooper Cup can do.
1: What about just so, – so one thing that uh, you know, people talked about with him, I mean, you talked about his ball skills, but for a 5'11 guy, he's got a huge catch radius. Did you notice that?
2: Well, like I said that's what—that's the Santana that I yeah. saw. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um,
2: how like Santana did... had an enormous catch radius, uh, at least in those first couple of years that he was with Washington, it was like he's getting to balls that you don't think he'd get to. And, and the other thing, and like Santana a little bit, Dotson's got great hands. Great hands. You, you watch him catch the ball in the, in the snow and make plays in different conditions and make plays with guys around him and make play, like, he's got great hands.
1: Yeah, there there are some one-handed catches, not just for the sake of making a one-handed catch, but because it was the only way to make the catch that he makes where that Mm -hmm. ball just sticks. I mean, he's a hands catcher, and he's just got really good, you know, soft hands. Um, So how do you see Scott Turner with now Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel back healthy, Jahan Dotson, Logan Thomas. Um, We are going to get you to do a film breakdown of Cole Turner, their sixth-round tight end pick out of Nevada because, to me, he looks like he is a ready-to-contribute guy as well. But, you know, McLaurin, Samuel, um, uh, uh, Dotson, Logan Thomas, J.D. McKissick on the field on third and seven. You know, how does Scott Turner – use all of these guys together he's got plenty of of tools and weapons now don't you think
2: i think so i think terry's your ex i think terry's your on the ball single side receiver he can win against anybody i think john Dotson's your z who essentially would be can be on the ball can be off the ball you can put him in the back set of a bunch you can do a lot of you can do a lot of stuff with him as a three by one guy um, he, he, he can go with three receivers to his side. He can be the slot of that, scare people vertically down the field. Uh, I think Samuel's probably more of your slot guy, but there are, Samuel and Dotson would be interchangeable in a lot of ways. It allows you. I think it allows you to do a lot with one personnel grouping. I, I, I do think you got enough skill players there. There where one personnel grouping really could essentially be four. Right. Because you know, guys can play in different spots. So I, I think they've done a good job of acquiring some versatility with what I think is some real skill. Like, I like Daniel. I think Dotson's going to be a burner. McLaurin's going to be a 12-catch-a-game guy, has been, will be. There should be some open dudes on the field, without a doubt.
1: Uh, Dotson, did you see any of, any of his punt return highlights?
2: I, I love him as a punt returner. And in four years, the Steelers will trade for him, call him the next Randall L.
1: <laughs> um, Washington did add uh, a receiver yesterday via free agency. Um, Alex Erickson, who uh, had played, um, played in Cincinnati, played in Carolina last year. Immediately the reaction was, that uh, you know, Alex Erickson was a Carolina Ron Rivera guy because almost everybody is. But he played at Carolina last year, so he didn't play for Rivera. But he played in Cincinnati for five years and was their primary you know punt returner, um, and even you know uh, was a kickoff returner uh, at times as well too. So um, back in um, 2018, he had you know big big kickoff returns for, from the Bengals. So I think they're going to have Erickson. Dotson and Dax Milne, they're, they, uh, who, who they liked last year, they kept as a seventh round rounder. You know those guys are going to be vying for punt return duty, but Dotson has, you know, he, he can catch it, and then you know he's got the burst and the vision, and it's like he could be a dangerous punt returner.
2: No, I think I think he absolutely can. I, I think you he, he start thinking about how much he can contribute on offense. And what he's going to do on offense and say maybe we limit some of the punt returns unless it's just unless immediately he's just Brandon banks yeah what was it? <laughs> for, what for was, Washington
1: What was Brandon banks like I mean I, I like Brandon banks
2: he was a little bit he was a little bit different, but all of us are I was too I, I like Brandon banks a lot
1: he, he he's the last great returner this this organization's had. I mean, I thought DeAndre uh, Carter was pretty good last year, but th- there hasn't been a Banks um, in this organization since Banks. All right, so Sam Howell, Jahan Dotson down. Oh, one other thing about Dotson. Did you see any of the other receivers? This was a... a, a I don't know if you know this, um, but you had literally a run on receivers. You had six receivers in the top 18 picks of this draft. The one that I know they wanted and would have picked at 11 and then would have, would not have ended up with Dotson was Drake London, the receiver from USC. And then there was Garrett Wilson, Alave, Jameson Williams from Alabama who you know tours ACL in the title game. Uh, and there was Traylon Brooks from Arkansas and Dotson from Penn State. Did you see any of the others or not? It's okay if you really didn't.
2: No, I didn't watch any tape on any of them. I, I definitely watched a little USD, so I know you're talking about. I like Olave. but in watching you know a, a little bit more of Dawson, I, I really don't they got what they wanted out of this position. Does that make sense? Yeah. like they don't want a possession guy. they, don't, they didn't need the, the big guy to go like they needed the, the burner.
1: Yeah, I mean, I they think some What what they wanted. I think some people w- w- were I think they were interested in London because he was 6-4 and they don't have I mean, Cam Sims is the only tall receiver
2: they have on the roster. You don't need a 6-4 guy as a receiver. Like, I don't for me over the last 6 years put on Kansas City film and you watch how quick they play vertical and it that's what scares people to death. Nobody's scared of of the six four receiver more than they are the guy that 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 gets down the field. So to me, it was like, how fast can we have one and two show if they win or not? Like as soon as I know one and two one as a quarterback, life's a lot easier. Like that vertical speed stretching the field is, is what I want. It's also it's a, a potentially a second less in the pocket for a quarterback. Knowing that he's going to throw up forty yards down the field, not having to wait for a guy to win. Yeah. All right. I don't um, care about size at all. Receiver, tight end, a little receiver. All
1: right. Are you ready? Do you want me to give you your assignment on this podcast, or should we talk about it after the sh- after the podcast?
2: I think you just text me, and then you, then you can ask if I did it, and we'll see how it goes.
1: <laughs> And then you can mispronounce the name and get the Jersey number wrong. Unless I figured out that you're going to use subtraction, uh, as an equation for me to get to the right Jersey number and we'll go from there. All right. Uh, great job. I appreciate it. And, And so does everybody else. Um, back tomorrow with Tommy, uh, before the weekend, but enjoy Cooley's breakdowns of Sam Howell and Jahan Dotson. Thank you for doing this. Uh, I think everybody out there listening would like to thank you as well. So I'll speak on behalf of them. Always fun. See you. Back tomorrow with Tommy. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra
0: mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus,